Hey, Brittany and Jesse. This is Daryl from Georgia. And I never listen to I Doubt It Without More because Jesse turns everything into a shit show. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 549 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, and that other host has grown to love, know, cherish the lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. You know, let's let's turn it back around and talk about you for a little bit longer <laughs> because you are a hero. I'm a hero? Yes, you're a hero. You jump into action when needed. And you saved a life yesterday. You saved, oh, you saved you're a talking life. about Popeye. <laughs> you saved Popeye's life yesterday. Yeah. When he fell into a pool. He did fall headfirst. Curious dog he is. Right into a pool. You were taking him to a meet and greet for a prospective dog sitter. That is right. And taking a tour of the yard. And it's Southern California, and, you know, chances are they got a pool. But no gate around the pool. No gate around the pool. Which seems... Mm, Especially when that's your biz. When yeah. your business is dealing with dogs. Yeah. Because this is someone, this is what they do full time, like on Rover. Yes. They, they house sit dogs. So when we go to New Orleans at the end of the, the beginning of the next month. Yeah. We we're we're gonna have to. We don't want to do the doggy hotel thing again, right? Because that was not a good time with the eye and all the shit happened with the dog. Yeah. So we want to do something more personal where he's actually with the person and they can send us pictures or whatever. You yeah. know. Yeah. And we're in a backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's already made a comment once that if. If they ever fall in, they only do it once, meaning that then they learn their lesson and don't do it again, not meaning they die and then... Yeah, oh, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> um, but do you think that's true, that if a dog falls in the pool, that they will learn their lesson and not do it again? Because I have known several dogs who, for instance, are not supposed to eat human food, and they eat various types of human food, and then they start retching and puking it all up in the yard. And it's not like they learn their lesson, right? Yeah. And stop doing that because they get very sick. They I, just continue to do it. I think that example is a little different because the dog, it, a dumb dog, doesn't put two and two together that, oh, I'm eating this delicious food. And then a minute later, oh, I'm puking. They don't put the two things together. Ugh dogs but popeye he well first of all he sees these other dogs drinking out of the pool oh and so he sees down there he's like oh there's he can't see good anyway yeah so he's like leaning over to see what's going on down there and because he's top heavy mcgee yeah he just fucking plunges right into the water hence the name popeye and he uh he's a heavy dog Mm -hmm. he's compact he's a he's like a a foot and just a few inches tall mm -hmm. and 50 pounds. So he went 
He didn't go to the bottom, but he sank way down and then kind of tried to pop back up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give it any time to see whether he was going to swim or figure it out. Mm-hmm. I kind I didn't panic, but I, I immediately got down there, tried to reach for him. He was out of my reach of his harness. So I kind of grabbed him by the side of the face and pulled him in as close as I could until I could get the harness. And then I yanked him out. Mm-hmm. And he's like coughing up pool water. It was a traumatic thing for the guy. Yeah, it's scary. And then, and this is more about me. <laughs> well, I mean, no, let's, let's pause because you noticed that you're actually having shoulder pain now. Yeah, well, I didn't. We were just talking before the mics went hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and my fucking shoulder hurts. What's going on? Yeah. I, I don't, what did I do? And you're like. Is that the arm you yanked Popeye out of the pool? I'm like, oh, exactly. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's my bad shoulder that I've already fucking had surgery on. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just breaking down. So you really risked yourself and your health. <laughs> anyway. And your shoulder, really, um, to save Popeye's life. Yeah. Now that when you put it like that, I really am quite the hero. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a fantastic sacrifice that you made. I don't know if we're going to go with that guy. We're not, no, because, well, number one, Popeye sometimes can't see very well, like yeah. you said, and if he happens to stumble on into the yard and then fall in the pool and he's not being supervised, you know, I mean, I don't, e- I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Um. So we're, we're not doing that. He's not a water dog. It's not like having a lab that gets in the pool. He's right. a stubby little Popeye. Yeah. He, it he, might be a bad situation. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. Um, so we're still on the hunt for somebody. Um, that's not an offer. Um, do not feel the need to write me and offer your services. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> we're just continuing the hunt and um, want to find someone good who is not going to pump essential oils into his face and cause him to scratch his cornea again. That's what yeah, we're looking no for. Um, what a nightmare that was. Yes, but I do have a question for you. In unrelated entirely to this. Oh, right. I love, I love questions and I love unrelated questions. Yeah. Even more. I think that's kind of a feature of my personality. When people Mm. think of Jesse Dollimore. Yeah. They think that guy, that's a guy who likes unrelated questions. Mm. (laughs) On an escalator. Okay, I want you to think about your... Yes, sometimes I touch the handrails. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about, but also, why? You're an adult. I know, I catch myself. Every time I catch myself, it's like I'm being shocked by a 9-volt battery on the tongue, and I'm like, oh, Brittany would be freaking out right now. Good, very good. I'm glad that 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 is happening. Is that not what this is about? That's not what this is about. So it's escalator talk, but not about the handrails. Not about the germs, no. Um, This is about the activities that take place on an escalator. (laughs) Activities? I just, I had sex in my head. I I mean, got to get that done quick and uh, be careful. I've seen some very long escalators. Oh, okay. There are escalators in DC that go down to the subway Mm -hmm. that are goddamn crazy. Well, that's kind of scary. But go ahead. So do you, when you are on an escalator, do you tend to stand or do you tend to walk? Well, I'm always standing. Even when I'm walking, I'm standing. Okay, you understand what I mean. Are you standing still or are you Uh, walking? I'm trying to stall. Let me stall here while I think about the answer. Huh. It really depends. If it's an empty escalator, there's no one in front of me, I'm probably walking. mm -hmm. I'm probably stepping. 
Okay. And then uh, if it's an escalator where no one's walking, I think my default is to walk, mm-hmm. but I don't mind standing if it's an elevator filled with people who don't want to walk. An escalator? An escalator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you know the protocol where if you're standing- Get to the fucking right. Yeah, you stand on the right yeah, and right. then you can pass on the left. Same with those little platforms at airports. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, it's not you on the left, on the right, and then your luggage on the left, dickholes. Mm-hmm. Everybody get over to the right, all your shit, and let the walkers walk. Yes. Well... Apparently, I feel passionate about it. I... Who knew? Uh, <laughs> who knew? But other people feel passionate about it because they felt the need to research this issue. And um, one study found that about 60% of commuters like to stand on the escalator hmm. while the rest of people like to walk. Up the escalator, okay? Commuters? Yeah, people that are, like you talked about, going to the subway or, you know, like New York City. Yeah. You know, places where there are escalators. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking in the mall. I was just in my head while I'm thinking about being on an escalator. (laughs) I was in the mall. And so, (laughs) even though I just talked about the subway going down to the metro in D.C. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so... Um, according to the research, though, this is not the most efficient way for us to use the escalator with 60% of people standing still and 40% of people walking, right? Hmm. And this is because it leads to a traffic jam when people are Get, exiting. Getting off, yeah. Right, exiting yeah. the escalator. Which, when I'm thinking about this, like when I was reading this, I guess there is there are a handful of times that I can think of where there was a traffic jam, like at the airport, where I had to come to an abrupt stop when I was walking and wait for people to yeah. make their transitions, sure. and then I could continue what I was doing. So it is kind of like the, um, you know, with traffic, people who their lane is ending and they wait until the last minute to merge. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hate those people, right? I think studies say that that's actually the best thing to do. Exactly. Because but, it, but, but let me say this. Fuck those people. Okay. Well, that doesn't seem rational when you're just talking about the evidence that suggests that it's the most efficient way well, to continue traffic. Economists can say one thing. <laughs> I will say another. Those people piss me off. Fuck those people. Go ahead. Okay. Proceed. So this reminded me of that, though, because they say in one study, the people who were walking made it to the top of the escalator in 46 seconds, while the people who were standing made it to the top in 2.3 minutes. Okay. When everybody just stands two by two, the wait time is equalized to 59 seconds. Wow. That's a big difference. Right. So having people just chill and take that time on the escalator to do some mindfulness meditation or whatever it is that you want to do <laughs> um, seems like the better way. Just like the traffic or merging. Or stand two by two and walk. Ooh. It's fucking lightning fast. Except for no one is that's, going to that's do that. back to the future shit right there. <laughs> it really is. But <laughs> like I said, most people, the majority yeah. of people prefer to be the, the standing still types. So I don't think you'd be able to convince everybody that they should be walkers. I think I could do it. Okay. Well. Maybe my next YouTube video will be on that. Yeah. So this was a. Really going to go viral with that one. Right. <laughs> um, so I thought this was an interesting little um, tidbit because it it isn't um, something that fits with my intuition on, on the subject. Yeah. Just like the traffic thing. Right. So it goes against my idea of what I would think would be most efficient. But. Here we are. I'm being proved wrong. Do they give any 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 uh, remedies for 
for decongesting the the traffic jam at the end um, or they're just saying what they're saying and you got to make heads and tails yeah it's up to us right to now <laughs> take up. the evidence and figure out what we're going to do with it it's up to us what kind of rules and laws we're going to mm. implement about the escalator behavior yes there we go gonna get figured out mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get to some voicemails. We do have a few on on individual topics. Let's start with, uh, we talked about last time, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack, and he's back out on the campaign trail now. Now he's backing away from his original statement that he was going to be slowing down the pace of his campaign, that he was going to be running a different kind of campaign. He He, backed down from that. He came out just today and said, oh, I know, I misspoke. I misspoke about that. That's very odd. Yeah, well, it's because it it leads people to understand, oh, I'm 78 years old. Mm-hmm. My health is in decline. Maybe I'm not the right choice for, for the nomination. And do now he's like, oh, shit, no, I'm going to be hitting it hot and heavy. Do you know how I saw some people defending um, the initial statement where he said he was going to be cutting back and, and having a different um, campaign schedule? What'd they say? I saw a tweet that said, the media is going to misrepresent this. And act like he can't perform when really what he's talking about is going from four rallies a day to maybe one. And I was like, what? He's having four rallies a day? Yeah, well, he might have four appearances in a day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we got a voicemail. Alrighty. This is Amy just calling about, like, uh, Bernie Sanders having a heart attack, and I'm in the cardiovascular, like, medical field, and I've just got to say, like, they were super kind of shady in the beginning when they were, like, talking about him having stents placed, like, they weren't admitting that he had a heart attack, but every single cardiac nurse knows exactly what happened, because nobody has stents placed at like, in an emergent matter without having a heart attack. And um, the problem is the way Bernie Sanders' campaign is dealing with this is the fact that he could be in heart failure and nobody would know because we don't know if he had, like, a heart attack that caused muscle death in the heart or he didn't have heart attack that caused muscle death. And those are actual differences that matter so we don't know if bernie sanders is an active heart failure or not and i think that really lends to um if we should vote for him did he have what's called a stimmy or did he not because if he had a non-stimmy cool whatever he was held at the hospital for a couple of days just just to make sure that he didn't have like a you know a run of VTAC. but if he did just like have muscle death, yeah, like, don't vote for him because he is an active heart failure. And, look, I love patients with, like, all problems, but a person with active heart failure should not be president. Just my opinion. I agree. I agree. Listen, and I've heard, I've seen a lot of this online too, that it's none of our business and that is just fucking nonsense. It's absolutely every American's business, the health of their president. Without a doubt, it is our business. This isn't about 
HIPAA or Patients' Bill of Rights and their privacy, you're applying for the most important job on the goddamn planet. We deserve to know. I Look, I love Bernie. If anything, we, we, we should give Bernie a ton of credit for moving us forward into the next era of American politics. But maybe he's not the guy to take the mantle. What would be a, a, a fantastic thing to take place here is if he were to endorse Elizabeth Warren and really, really foster a massive new political revolution moving forward. Because I don't see how that team would be uh, beatable. Elizabeth Warren with the Bernie supporters and Bernie behind the campaign. Because when he jumped behind Hillary Clinton, it wasn't, it was not a full-throated, it might have been by him, but his supporters didn't buy in. Yeah. They just didn't. Yeah. Do you think that it's likely, though, that, because let's say that even if it isn't his health that causes him to um, drop out of the presidential race, do you think it is likely that he will endorse Elizabeth Warren out of the other candidates that will remain. Given all the information we have now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And l- let me let me let Cuz me... his base does have uh many problems with Elizabeth Warren. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them are unfounded. Mm. A-, a lot of it is just based on the cult that surrounds Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. But let me back up though. Back up to what Amy said and I said that I agree if he is in heart failure, mm-hmm. active heart failure, he shouldn't be. We don't know that that's the case. And part of the problem is that Bernie Sanders hasn't been fully transparent. They're getting more transparent. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, they're transparent at the expense of, or I'm sorry, they are developing their campaign strategy and messaging surrounding his health at the expense of tr- immediate transparency. And allowing uh, the media access to doctors, which is not the way to do things. Because if Donald Trump is having some kind of uh, a health problem, we need to know. And the same goes for Bernie. The same goes for Elizabeth uh, Warren. If Elizabeth Warren had a heart attack right now, you could just replay this episode and have me and just insert her name. Yes. Mm -hmm. If Pete Buttigieg started having crazy heart problems at 37 or 38 or however fucking old that guy is, I'd be saying the same thing. Well, and if This isn't about Bernie. If, this is about having a president who has severe health condition. If you are a reasonable and logical person, then that would be true of you, where you could sub in anyone's name and your opinion would be the same, you know, on this issue. Um, because that's true. Right. Um, it seems it seems pretty true. So I I appreciate Amy injecting some um, expertise and medical knowledge into this conversation. Even though you know, I felt like I needed to break out a medical dictionary to understand some of the shit she was yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm like, what are some of these words? Come I don't on. even know what these things mean. Use a little layman's language next time. Come on, now. I'm not that smart. Next up, no name. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Ms. Brittany. Uh, Jesse, just wanted to call in and listen to the latest episode regarding confrontation with Trump supporters. Um, living where I live, I often have these situations. Um, what I've started, and like yourself, I'm not one to walk 
walk away, but as a 45-year-old father, I definitely don't want to be arrested for getting some sort of conflict in a Kroger. So it's always tough, and it's always, like you said, always, I never feel good when it happens. Some of the things that I've done and some of the tactics that may or may not be helpful to you, um, and I've learned this because I've taken up this new hobby of, you know, when I search Facebook Marketplace, somebody's selling Trump stuff, I'll send them a note saying, hey, report this for hate speech, and then they usually engage them. Or they, let me rephrase that, they usually engage me. What I've done, and I've done this as kind of a, a way to kind of do some sort of practicing, is instead of getting in their face, being aggressive, and rah, 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 it, because that's what they're looking for, right? They don't have a rational argument. I kind of use the arguments back at them. Uh, so a lot of the times, they'll come back really hostile, some sort of hostile kind of, you know, oh, blah, 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 for me reporting them uh, for hate speech. And then I'll simply say, you know, hey, sounds like you were triggered. Um, uh, do, do you need some sort of safe place? You know, and, and it kind of spins them into the cycle where when you're acting like them, but in a more rational, calm, intellectual type of way, and I don't mean that in a demeaning, but, like, I really make sure I, I read their comments and I respond to them in, in kind of a way that's uh, not easy for them to just kind of dismiss and say, you, you don't look hard. Uh, you know, for instance, a couple times this week, people have kind of said, hey, you, you, you're saying this. I said, no, I'm not. What I've said is I've never said you're a lower class of people. I never said all Trump supporters are racist. You made that connection. Um, so hopefully that helps. And again, the main takeaway here, instead of my stupid babble and ramble, is, you know, again, it's it's easy, and of course it's easy to do it when you're typing. You're not confronted by some jackhole um, tribe that you in a store um, to remain calm. And again, just kind of do what they would do. Use like kind of almost illogical kind of their talking points. Um, and honestly, dude, when you tell them like, oh, dude, you seem a little triggered. I'm sorry, but are you a snowflake? Do you need me to help you find a safe place? They usually get so frazzled. Um, all they'll do is just call your name and storm off. Um, anyway, thanks for sharing. Um, I totally agree. You know how you feel. You don't want to. You can't walk away. You can't spend the whole day shaking and, and trembling and anxious. But then you don't want to have to deal with that guilt of acting like some sort of jerk off in, in a Kroger in public because. Um, what you're trying to do is be smart and stand up for his humanity. Ah, struck down by Google's three-minute limit. Mm. There was some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he came around to finally say that ah, typing's not the same thing as being face-to-face with a guy who's staring you down with his high-and-tight military haircut trying to be a tough guy. Yeah, I was going to say. different. Yeah, pretty different. But there is some good stuff there. I like that. Are you triggered? You're triggered by my shirt, huh? You you need a safe place, safe space. Mm-hmm. Do, do you need a blanket? I mean, that, that I think that would have been good. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it seems like it would um, only serve to ratchet up the already existing hostility that was in the conversation. I don't think uh, it w- I'm not asking for things to to de-escalate. I'm asking for ways to to not name call. And still come out on top of the confrontation. And also, let me say this, as a corrective, I didn't get in his face. Yeah. I just turned on my heels and asked what the problem was. Mm -hmm. He took the three or four steps toward me and got in my face. So I think that the advice that you were wanting is maybe different 
than the advice that I was 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 assuming that you wanted. Well, let me say this: maybe the the, the advice I was looking for isn't really the advice that I need. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm still evolving. That I'm I'm still not looking at this from the right perspective because I want to be ever evolving, mm-hmm. and it's it is really fucking hard for me because of the lizard brain. Because of caveman rules that I've operated under with other men for decades, it's difficult for me to walk away. So yeah, maybe the advice I I, I need is different than that which I'm seeking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but but I I you know I had some thoughts that I should. You said this to me that engage him like you. What would be served by me having a political conversation with someone who is laughing because of a T-shirt? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, something like that, where you you raise the level of the discourse into a place where you're putting him on trial for not being smart enough, or I'm using my words here, mm-hmm. to to engage. Yeah. Yeah, like, are we really going to have a conversation when you're laughing because I have a different candidate's shirt on. Right. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But, you know, take your best shot, guy. Yeah, like just pointing out that he's not a rational person. Yeah. But not like saying that directly, right? But by commenting on his own behavior. Um, it, it's tough, though. You know, I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of feeling like you need to answer the call. Right. Yeah. Uh, wanting to do so in a way that doesn't have you like getting filmed in an Albertsons and yeah. then going viral online, uh, <laughs> which is always a consideration. Well, that was something I actually thought about later was maybe I should have said, oh, let me hang on. Let me get my phone. Say that again. Do that again. And then, oh, shit, I don't want to be on fucking camera. And the guy walks away. Yeah. I mean, that that seems like a good thing to do, too. Right. That That's how people sometimes uh, learn to control themselves is by realizing there's going to be like negative consequences yeah, to this. It, well, especially because everybody who has the Internet sees shit like that go viral and nobody wants to be on the on the end of that. Yeah. Because I would love that's a that maybe is what I'll do next time is no, no. no say tell me again how much you love Trump. Go, go ahead. Yeah. And just. See what they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my gosh. Anyway, thank you. Um, I appreciate the advice. Look, I- I'm um, always a man trying to better himself and not be the same guy I was yesterday, or at least be a better version of the guy that I was yesterday. And uh, I appreciate all the feedback. Let's move on to the conversation we had about millennials. Hey guys, John from Columbus calling in. Um, I know I'm. I'm- a little behind on episodes, my apologies, but on the millennial thing, um, there is a term, and I might not be saying it right, but, you know, it might be millennials, but I say exennials. It's the first millennials born from 1977 to 1987. Uh, it is the largest group after the baby boomers at about 70 million. Researchers say that this is the best generation because they contribute to family and society. They still possess the old-school, work-hard-survive, independent attitude of Gen X while starting the tech-savvy sophistication of the millennials. Of all generations, Xennials, a.k.a. the first millennials, understand our current world the most. They were the first to experience the birth of Internet use. They witnessed sports greatness in the hands of Michael Jordan, uh, Mike Tyson, Manny Pacquiao, LeBron James. They played the first video games, you know, the Ataris and on uh, PC gaming. 
and they enjoyed music throughout and of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, in which in which hip-hop was born and still made sense. In addition to other genres of music, they also had started tons of fashionable trends, and they're also the first ever to use the iPhones. So, once again, this is the Xennials. It's I don't know if I'm saying it right, but they are anywhere from 31 to 41 right now. They are the first millennials, and it's X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S. Once again, uh, I'll try to send this link to you, or you can just, you can look you can look it up. Uh, X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S, the first millennials born from 1977 to 1987, and uh, as as one, um, I resent all this millennial talk of me being lazy because I'm not. And, you know, I still, everything I said, the old school, that all applies to me and applies to a bunch of people and a bunch of friends that I have that are about that age. So thanks for the conversation, guys. Sorry to be on the late bus, uh, but as always, Brittany's the best part. Jesse, you're cool. And uh, give Popeye a big old pat for me. Thanks. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Because he is still alive due to Jesse's heroic actions, we will do that. Um, wow. I feel like I need like the God bless America behind me or something. Yeah. Uh, Some I, inspirational hero music. Yes. Um, I, yes, I have heard about the um, micro generation, I think that they call it. Um, and I, I don't know who like sanctions these things, right? But Pew Research Center doesn't really acknowledge it as an official category. Um, hmm. And so when I look at data um, from Pew Research Center, they don't include this micro generation. It goes from Generation X, born between 65 and 80, and then millennials born between 81 and 96. And this micro generation that um, he was talking about, um, they say is born between uh, 77 and 83, sometime between there. And one thing that I would push back on is John said that all this millennial talk really upsets him. And so he really identifies with the traits and qualities of this micro generation, right? And I guess I would say, right, we went through all of those articles to make a mockery of what has become the discussion about millennials because they are people who are much older than the age group that people tend to believe they are. Yeah, for sure. And so those perceptions of the generation are not necessarily accurate. So people feeling attacked by it. Well, that's not really necessary, right? Because... Because people are dumb. <laughs> right. Those are... Um, that's not an accurate judgment that people are making when, yeah. they, when they say that millennials are killing everything, right? We talked about that to make fun of those articles and make fun of those people who are making judgments about people that are... Um, have families, are buying houses, buying cars, like adults, right? People that are making adult decisions. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Even if those decisions include going to an Applebee's. Yeah, but... <laughs> Which I got messages Im immediately upon posting the episode. Yes, about you attacking Applebee's and how that's not very nice. <laughs> A lot of Applebee's fans out there. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Good taste enough to listen to this show and 
not good taste enough to eat at decent restaurants. Right. So what I would say is when I have pushed back against the criticism that I have seen for quote unquote millennials, it is to educate people about the age range that millennials tend yeah, to be. For sure. And listen, every time I've done that, people were unaware. Yeah. Because, like we talked about um, during the segment, millennial has kind of just become a word for young person. Yeah. I kind of expected more on this topic. I, I uh, Don't we have somebody, some listener who's really into the generationals? TJ in North Carolina. Yeah, but you know what else TJ is a fan of? Not calling into the show. Not calling into the show. Some people are just assholes, Brittany. Yeah, he doesn't like to contribute is. to the show at all. <laughs> Um, aside from listening and f- uh, supporting us financially. Yeah, right. right. Aside from, for aside, a long, long time. Aside, aside from, being from doing that. Aside from an early that. adopter of the show. Correct. And a long time Patreon supporter. Right. Other than that. Zero contributions. Fuck you, guy. <laughs> so thank you, John. Um, we, we appreciate it. Uh, I, I, let me also say this. Sorry, Brittany. <laughs> Did you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me also say this. Is that every generation, I think, can put together a list like you had there. Yeah. About, oh, we were the first to do that, and we were the first to do this, and we liked music that spanned th- all these different decades. Every generation can say that. We were the first to have a car. We were the first to watch the fucking um, an airplane fly in the sky. We were the first to see manned space flight. I mean, all, all con- every generation has their claims. It's just that the millennials kind of came around when there was this massive just explosion of technology and there's goods and bads to that. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue with your... Uh, well, no, I was just going to say um, that I would love to hear from TJ on this, um, specifically related to who creates these uh, generations, how do they get labeled, um, how do we decide where they cut off and end right because pew research center a very reputable organization doesn't recognize the micro generation that john was talking about so why not you know is it because it it isn't like supported by the research you know why wouldn't a reputable organization like pew um find it useful to include that in their analyses you know yeah so if you could answer that question, that would be great. I'll ask it. Uh, so here's what we'd like to know. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Next call. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. This is April from Cleveland. I am watching your One More Thing post from yesterday on YouTube and uh, noticed a caller asking the question about whether Mike Pence is better or worse if we do impeach Donald Trump. I think that Mike Pence is a turd, no question, but he lacks the circus master, you know, uh, manipulating the public's opinion, uh, hard to say it, talent that uh, Trump has. So if we get him and a few, uh, you know, right-winger, um, born-again Christian people that like his uh, agenda and policies stick with him, he'd be easier to beat, I think, uh, than than Trump would. And I also believe that the country needs uh, 
to hold the person in the highest office accountable and let's just get get to it. Impeach him because he's a criminal. Uh, take Pence for the remainder of the time and uh, enjoy beating him handily because he really has zero personality and I just don't think that he will uh, excite people the way that I think Donald Trump has, uh, which has nothing to do sometimes with the policies, but just simply that he knows how to tap into anger and and, and tap into people just wanting to, to vent or, or have some angry person represent them. So that's my two cents. Um, so uh, I love your podcast very much. I'm enjoying your new uh, posts on YouTube. And uh, Brittany's the best part. But can't help but love Jesse, too. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Uh, very nice, April. Thank you for your call. And thank you for listening to both the podcast and watching the YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, I will say, April, we want to give you, if we could give you a cookie right now, we would. Because a lot of people, they don't know the difference between the podcast and the YouTube. But you do. And I wonder if we could maybe hire you to do a PSA about the difference between... <laughs> it's a shocking amount of people who think that the, the videos are the podcast. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so we appreciate that. But we also appreciate your call. I I really agree with you. I think that, like Jesse says all the time, Donald Trump was able to mobilize people who have never been interested in politics before and who just care about Donald Trump and right. the chaos that he's causing. Um, Pence doesn't have the cult of personality. Not at all. Yeah. And you, you've watched that guy talk. I mean, he looks like a superhero villain. Yeah. And he's totally dull. Um, absolutely a turd. Going to go with April there as well. He lucked the fuck out when he got picked to be the VP nominee. Yes. Yes. On the ticket. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because he doesn't bring much, right? You just, you have Trump. Yeah. And Trump is able to do what he does unfortunately i don't know how someone who is so um ignorant and self-centered and just the worst of the worst is able to tap into that and um get people to care about him the way that he has it's, it's pretty it's pretty remarkable yeah it be, get people to care about him love him adore him be loyal to him in the face of insurmountable negativity insurmountable all, in, in 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 contravention of all of the things he does no matter what they still love this fucking guy mm-hmm. anyway i don't get it <laughs> last call casey in alabama hey jesse hey Brittany, it's casey from alabama um i'm sitting on my lunch break at work and i'm just kind of catching up on some news it's generally what i do around this time and you know everything's all about the impeachment and the second whistleblower multiple whistleblowers waiting you know to step forward and tell their little stories about what happened like it, it's great and, and like he he deserves what what's going on but i can't help but to kind of feel like nothing's gonna happen like it, it's this motherfucker has broken so many laws. They, I mean, he's just done so much stupid shit since entering office, and then nothing is yet to happen to him. He was clear to the Russia thing when clearly he had something to do with that. 
And now you've got the thing with Ukraine and China, maybe more people, who knows. Uh, I just I kind of got that discouraged feeling about it. Like, I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't, I don't think uh, there's enough level-headed people in our government to do what needs to be done here because that would imply that the government was fucking competent. It just, it's, I just, I can't fight it. I kind of just can't help but to feel like nothing's going to happen here. But, uh, I don't know. I just want to get that off my chest. Uh, you guys have a great one. Well, Casey, let me, uh, try to assuage your, your being unconvinced. I'm not going to say that I think something as absolutely, he will be impeached and removed. But I do have, uh, I'm more convinced than not that he will be. And let me specifically address where you said that, uh, you know, the whole Russia thing happened and he was cleared of all of that. He wasn't cleared of all of that at all. Yeah. He was cleared of any direct collusive link in a, in a literal cons- legal conspiracy with Russia. He was cleared of that. But he certainly wasn't cleared of the 10 instances of obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that wasn't going to end in a criminal prosecution. And the reason that, that, uh, that this impeachment thing didn't happen sooner is because Democrats are fucking cowards who didn't immediately take the Mueller report and go into impeachment proceedings. Yeah, that's that was my reaction to um, hearing him talk. It, it's as though Donald Trump has even convinced people who don't support him of what the outcome was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I I would say it is because the Democrats didn't do enough, right? Um, I would also say it's scary how effective Donald Trump is at manipulating and getting his message across because that he was able to convince people that he was um, cleared. Right. I mean, that's that's not what happened. So I'm just I'm very concerned because we have Facebook allowing fake news to be meaning Donald Trump lying paying for political ads right $700,000 last week right yeah there was a video just full of unsubstantiated claims about Joe Biden for example that got over 5 million views Facebook won't remove it because it doesn't violate their policies they say and we're really we're up against a very difficult thing here in Donald Trump he has no shame he doesn't care about lying about things. I mean, he released the transcript summary and then he lies endlessly about what everyone read in the transcript summary. Yeah. He will say something and then he will turn around and lie and say that he didn't say it. And he has he has no problem doing that because a large portion of the population will continue to believe him no matter what. So we have to be very careful with allowing Donald Trump to direct the conversation here. Yeah. Um, he cannot be allowed to do that. And in every opportunity, we need to push back and remind everyone of what reality actually is. Well, here's the other thing that they're doing relative to messaging with the White House is every aspect of messaging is coming is is mirroring the Trump message, the actual message coming out of the fucking pie hole of Donald Trump. Like they they wrote a letter to Congress, this eight page letter to Congress and in it, like the first four paragraphs of the letter of them saying, hey, we're not going to cooperate with the impeachment proceeding is just, it's as though a smart version of Donald Trump wrote it. 
It's all the exact same arguments that Donald Trump makes. So it makes people who aren't adept at politics, who aren't adept at the news, who aren't, you know, even generally, basically understanding of the law, they think, wow, if a, if a lawyer saying this, this is totally true. And that convinces people like, ah, fuck, I don't think anything's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not calling Casey all of those things because obviously Casey spent at his lunch break listening to the news. He is aware. He is educated. He is up to date. Right. But even someone who's in it and dedicated to learning and understanding can get down about it. Right. And I was just going to say the word hopelessness comes to mind. Yeah. And I think that that also has you just a, get beat down. Yeah, it has a powerful effect. And that that might be where Casey is, where he he knows all of this information, but he also feels hopeless as to Donald Trump receiving consequences anytime in the near future. And yeah. I totally understand that. I'm right there with you. It's difficult to be optimistic and believe that things will work out here in the way that they should and that he will receive consequences finally after a lifetime of avoiding them. Um, I understand being skeptical that that will happen. Let me also say this. We've been talking about on this show for well over a year. When we were in the old studio, we used to say, and we still say this, Uh-oh. that, that, that public opinion will be against impeachment mm. until it's for it. Right. The American people, they're going to be against this <laughs> until all of a sudden they're not anymore. And we're seeing that happen right fucking now. Yeah. A Fox News poll just came out. Fox News just released a poll that 51% of Americans, we're not even in democracy yet, 51% of Americans believe Donald Trump should be impeached and removed from office with 40% saying no. Now, right now, there's a disparity between those questions, whether it's do you approve of the impeachment inquiry or do you think that it should be impeachment and removal from office? Depending on those two questions, the percentages are pretty crazy. But even the question, the harshest of those two, impeachment and removal from office, Fox News found 51%. And let me tell you, when public opinion starts to grow and go on the rise... That other 40% is going to start to be convinced. Now, I'm not even talking about the 9% in there that are undecided. There will be a percentage of that 40% that will start like, oh, 51%. Maybe I'll readdress. Maybe I'll relook at this news. Maybe I'll look at the evidence again. And it's going to be a groundswell of support to get rid of this motherfucker. Well, even the the comparisons that people have been drawing to Nixon's impeachment, the public opinion did not flip to majority supporting impeachment until shortly before he actually resigned from office. Like, that's how long this whole thing was going on before yeah. it really flipped. You had... And that was a long investigation. So you have the Saturday Night Massacre, October 20th in 1973, okay, um, when he got rid of everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Archibald Cox, they had to get uh, Judge Bork, or he wasn't a judge then, but Bork in there to take his place to actually do the firing of the special counsel. Yeah. At that point, there was still majority um, public opinion that opposed his impeachment. 
And then moving into um, 1974, February 6th, 6th, the House gives the Judiciary Committee subpoena power. Okay. Even at this point, you still have majority of public opinion opposing impeachment. Even after Nixon went through and fired all those motherfuckers because they wouldn't fire the investigator. Mm -hmm. Even then, public opinion was like, nah, this is totally on the up and up. Yeah. It's crazy. So it didn't flip this this majority support until April 74. And on July 24th is when the Supreme Court ruled that Nixon must release the tapes. That's right. Nixon versus uh, the United States. U.S. versus Nixon. A landmark case. And that's when it really jumped up, the public support for impeachment. So once there started to be, right, a clear pattern... um, and everyone started losing faith in Nixon. Republicans started to move away from him. Everything happened very slowly. It took a lot of time. And that's why we've talked about with this impeachment issue to not expect it to go fast. And we've even been critical of the Democrats for saying that they intend to move swiftly, right? Because we don't want to give people false hope and think that this is going to happen quickly. Because quickly means easily. In the minds of people, to happen quickly means, oh, well, it's going to be fucking locked up. It'll be no problem. That's not going to happen. Yeah. We're not going to get to it today because the, the this call-in episode ended up being the entire episode. But we're going to, again, do the thing we don't like to do, which is kind of summarize the news and talk about it next episode, which will be tomorrow. And that's... There is a lot here and through the investigative process and through the legal process, because this is going to be drawn out in the courts. Also, do not be dismayed when you hear that this is a constitutional crisis. This is not a constitutional crisis yet. This is going to be battled in the courts. Judges are going to make their rulings. We will see whether those rulings are complied with, but that is the process. It's going to take some time. Well, and the article I was referencing for the Nixon impeachment stuff, I just tried to combine Nixon and impeachment. Um, it's called, It Took a Long Time for Republicans to Abandon Nixon. And it's in um, 538. It's on 538.com. And I want to read a line from it. So the author writes, quote, One important difference between the Nixon era and today. Trump hasn't really denied the allegations against him, while several historians told me that many Republicans probably believed Nixon was telling the truth about his lack of involvement in the cover-up. The shock of discovering just how much Nixon had misled them was also an important factor. So you had Nixon lying misleading people and then people felt betrayed that they had been going along supporting him defending him and then they found out that they were wrong to have done that sure you have donald trump who doesn't care he isn't denying the allegations that are against him. yeah things are a little different in that way yeah he he doesn't care he's saying it was a perfect phone call he continues to say that you know we all read it we know that it wasn't a perfect phone call by any means. And he just continues with his with his lines. Well, and now, and this is what we'll talk about on next episode, but this two-page memo from this whistleblower that actually kicked off this entire thing, where in it they say that they were, they were, they described the call as crazy, frightening, and completely lacking in substance related to national security. And I think somewhere in the letter, they described their reaction, they were, 
they were shaken by what what took place. So even the the Trump the summary transcript, the Trumpery transcript, <laughs> even the 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 summary of the transcript that we've read doesn't contain even the most egregious details. That's just what was memorialized for paper. We're going to find out what the fully the fully uh, classified transcript is. And it's not going to be good for him. He's only going to be able to mold public opinion with his bullshit for so long until the full truth comes out. And then all of these assholes like Joni Ernst from Iowa, who when asked, Senator Ernst from Iowa, she was asked, was it appropriate? Finally, the press is starting to ask the right questions. Not, was it inappropriate? Because then they can just dodge the question. You ask, is, was it appropriate for the president to do that? And then their silence actually does speak volumes. That's starting to happen. There's all kinds of elected officials right now who are being asked those questions and are not answering them. And clear-thinking Americans all over the country are going to start thinking about this and understanding that, oh, shit, she's not answering that. That that means something. And public opinion is going to... The groundswell, again, the groundswell against Donald Trump and for impeachment and removal is... It's upon us. It is going to start happening whether it be in the next couple months or whether it be in the next six or eight months. But it's going to start happening very soon. I think we're done. (laughs) We didn't even do a mid-roll. We just answered calls. Yeah, well, sometimes things happen and get a little crazy around here. Crazy. What was the other word? Crazy, frightening, and completely lacking in substance related to national security. Wow, look at that signature on the back of that page that you're holding up. That is quite the signature. Yeah, it's Cipollone. That is someone who practiced their signature their entire life. Well, this is another thing we're going to talk about tomorrow, which is this eight-page letter from the White House. Yeah. And that's Pat... Saying they're not going to cooperate with the investigation. That's right. That's mm-hmm. Pat Cipollone. Pat A. Cipollone, counselor to the president. Mm. And it is crazy-ass signature. It's crazy. Anyway, we didn't even do a, a mid-roll. We didn't do anything. So we'll ask you right now. We did a whole lot. If How dare you say we didn't do we anything? Didn't, if we didn't do a mid-roll, no show got done. Mm. So, so listen, we love you guys. We, we appreciate you being our audience and being as loyal as you are, waiting with bated breath, some of you, for a show, which we think is fantastic. We would love for you to support the show if you are in a financial situation where you can. If you got an extra five bucks a month or ten bucks a month, we would love to have you in the Patreon family. Take part in the Patreon hangout calls, the Google hangout calls that we do every month. We really, we love the community that has grown up and around this show. And uh, we would love to meet you and and have you on board, supporting what we think is very important work, moving the conversation forward, uh, talking about things in a very real way, playing your calls and amplifying your message to the world Moving, again, the conversation forward. We love you guys. We appreciate you. It is dollamore.com slash Patreon. Or you can just simply go to teamdollamore.com. All of that will get you there. If you shop on Amazon and you'd like to support the show, if you already shop on Amazon, 
Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. That'll redirect you to Amazon with our little link in there. And we get a little commission. Just a little, a little, little bit. You don't pay any more. And you're going to spend your money there anyway. Why not help support your favorite show filled with news and uh, ridiculous comment? Anyway, we'll see you next time. We love you guys. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. And this has been I Doubt It. When people think of Jesse Dollamore, yeah. they think that's a guy who likes unrelated questions.